I really felt the word I had on my heart this morning was to talk about revival and to continue what Pastor John's been preaching, we need a visitation. But I've just gone one step further and say now is a time of visitation. Amen. You have to keep your hearts open. You've got to have a hunger because God is moved by your hunger. Thank you, Father. I'm not going to preach the whole message. I've got a lot prepared. My um, creative juices came out in the weekend. I wanted to do presentations. You see? You see? Just start a little something basic. Just a little something basic. <laughs> I'm a picture person. I like to see pictures. So sorry you've got to suffer with me today now. But I just really, as you can see, I've based my scripture on this morning on Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14. We all know the scripture. And I think we're all in a place where we are the dry bones. And just look at that picture. It says, can these dry bones live? Um, look how dry and barren it is there. I mean, there is no life, no life. And a lot of you feel like that this morning. However, when God crashes in on your life, you become revived. Amen. Again, and he said to me, prophesy that these bones, and to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And look how lush it looks. There's so much flowing. There's a river there. You can't see it there, but in your mind, you can see the river flowing. God's got you. Your roots are deep into the foundation of God. Amen. So I want to speak that to you this morning. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. It's a privilege and an honor to be standing here. So please, I, I really don't want to come across as I'm, I know it all. I don't. I'm humble. If you know my family, they'll tell you. I stress all week because um, I think, oh, gosh, how do I compete? But it's not about competing. We all have something different to bring. So, you know, we do have the intellects. We have the Shireens. But I can still hear from God. Amen. And I'm here to share from my heart. Okay. I'm not here to preach. I'm not here to teach this morning. I'm here to share from my experiences and what God has done in ACF. Amen. I was here in 1994 when we had that move of God. There was a whole bunch of us. But God was here and he visited in such a powerful way. And I really believe in my heart of hearts when I was praying, it's just like God says he wants to do it again. It's now time. It's now time to do it again. Let me tell you. You know, it's just like if ever the world is in a state, today is the day. The world is in turmoil. It's like everything is so backwards. It's like the unaccepted has now become the acceptable. You know, it's like what is going on? You know, we forget that sometimes I think we've lost, we've lost this in our homes because this is still the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, like Jesus. This doesn't change. This is our guideline to living in a turmoil world to today. Amen. I mean, you look at the discipline. Now, I believe we've reaped the generation we've got that is so unruly because we've taken the word of God out of schools. Amen. Out of our homes. There's just no more discipline. And I'm not saying, yes, those days. Now, I'm going to be talking because I've got teenagers in my house. So there's certain jargons that they say that I hope you don't get confused with. Because if you don't have teenagers, you think I'm mad. But it's a generation where the boomers, they would say, which would be Auntie Bev's age. So, hey, Auntie Bev, she's a boomer. She's a cute boomer. Just a boomer, yeah. I've just above the boomer. But they were too strict almost, if you know what I'm saying. You know, and the Bible says don't spare the rod. I'm not saying beat your kids to death. 
I'm speaking, gosh, I've never been this bold. Let me tell you, I've never been this bold. But I just really feel that God is wanting to say something. You know, it's like there's no more respect amongst each other. That's all gone out the window. I mean, I go, I look at Natanya's, no, let's not go there. When she was in primary school, I don't know about you guys, the boomers. We had such utmost respect for teachers. I'm telling you, we were petrified. If you just lifted an eyebrow or rolled your eyes, you cry clop young, or you get sent to the headmaster's office, amen? And there was such a respect, and there was nothing wrong with that respect, because you had them there, they were there to teach you, they love your children, and they teach you. Nowadays, how they all do it, all the teachers, I don't know how you do it, it's by the grace of God, but those kids are unruly. And it's like, you go into the primary school yard, wherever you're going, high school even, and the kids look at you, up and down with such attitude, major chips on their shoulders, like who are you, they push you out the way. But with us, we used to say, morning sir, morning ma'am. You know, it's just general courtesy that we lost in our generation because of discipline. It is just really sad. And I'm jumping ahead. I actually don't even know we're going to use this. But anyway, another thing, the world has become so self-consumed. It's about me. It's about having photos on Facebook, Auntie Susan, and you liking my photos, because if you don't, I'm going to be offended. I've got to get all the followers. You all better follow me on Facebook. You all better follow me on Instagram. You all better follow me on Twitter, because if you don't, it's like you're missing out, dude. Maybe you are. Maybe you are missing out, but no, come on. Jesus had followers before Instagram. He had disciples. So Jesus started the flow. It just wasn't computerized in those days. He had the followers. That's who we need to be following. I have to show you this picture because I thought this was cute. I love it. This is how we've become. Even our animals are getting selfies. Look. There's Snapchat where we can change our faces. I mean, it's fun. I don't have anything against it. But it's like, I mean, check out that little cat with the Rottweiler behind it. I think that's awesome. That's how we need to be in God. The devil's behind us. I ain't scared of nothing. So, But yes, so we need to change our thinking. We need to get back to where God says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Love God. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, let's be honest. We do love ourselves without reservation, don't we? We need to love our neighbors. And that's what's missing in this world today. Because we've taken God out, we have such chaos, such disruption, such self-love. And I'm not saying, listen here, those things help me. If you're introverted and you're quiet, those things help you to just boost your confidence. And, but yet... It shouldn't be because God is there. Jesus is there to boost. He's the rock I rely on. He's the rock. I trust him because he's never going to let me down. You also notice the whole language is changing in this world. English is no longer English. And all the Gen Zs and the millennials are going, oh, boomer. Well, I'm sorry. I don't understand when you send me a text message and it's all alphabet letters. I don't even understand like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Okay, so you know your alphabet. No. It's crazy. It's just, you know, we have a standing joke in my family. 
um, my mother-in-law, Ian's mom, always says to the kids, if you send me a text message and there's no punctuation marks, which is another thing they do, there's no punctuation marks, then I am not going to respond to you. And if you're going to send me lol and abbreviations, I'm not going to respond to you. So now my kids have to sit and physically type out the English language, which is nothing wrong with it. I actually think we need a new dictionary for this language nowadays, don't we? Let me show you the one, the punctuation. I never, often I see Natanya's friends send her messages, but it's like like one long, hello, how are you doing, where are you doing, what are you doing today? It's like, okay, what was the gist of that message, you know? So anyway, but I just took the, I thought these were hilarious. I thought, with my sense of humor at least. A woman without her man is nothing. Now this is how punctuations make a great difference in a sentence. A woman without her man is nothing. <laughs> hey, let's just change that whole sentence. <laughs> That's the other one in the middle. Let's eat grandma. No, let's eat grandma. I mean, what a difference. Tables are for eating customers only. <laughs> so if you want to eat a customer, you go to that table. We are going to learn how to cut and paste kids. No, we are going to learn how to cut and paste kids. So it just shows you how easily now things get misconstrued, which I'm not surprised why we have a generation that gets so easily offended. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You know, we went through a phase where there was freedom of speech. Everybody can have a say. Now we all have a say and everybody's offended. I mean, come on. It's crazy. I don't want to depress you, all right? I'm getting to a point, I promise you. I'm getting to a point. I don't know, but we're getting there. Thank you. I wouldn't, but thank you. <laughs> Teachers have to mind their P's and Q's. You know, even the generation would say, you know, but mom, that's why we have emojis. All the youngsters are smiling. Well, us old people don't understand emojis. I just know a happy face, a smiley face, a heart, and a hug. You send me a face with rolling eyes, like, are you irritated with me? Are you sad? You know, I don't know. It's just like, so it's just like, we've lost that connection. We've lost that communication. And I'm not to say, gen, younger generation, I love you. I'm just ripping you because I have children your age. So I know what it's like. And we have this constant conversation in the room. And it's a lot what they say, they rip us boomers off. They have this thing called the boomer roll. Have you heard it? The boomer roll. Now, boomer is a um, people who are born in the age of the baby boomer stage. So it's more like your 60s, 50s, 60s, 1960s. But have you ever seen an old person fall? Have you? I don't know about you, but I do have a boomer roll. You trip, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you're doing this until eventually you fall. Younger generations just seem to have to do their trip, and they just fall graciously. But ask a boomer, and it's like, man down, we're going down that hill. We're rolling, and we break probably every bone that we can find. We also cannot use he's and she's anymore, those pronouns. I mean, come on. You know how it must, I think it must grieve God so much. We are told we must use them and they. I'm all for that. But if you told me, hey, they, what are them doing? I'm going to say you've got multiple personalities inside of you. Because I don't know about you, I know who I am. And I think that's what happened. We have lost 
who we are in Christ, in the church. You know, I will read it later. I don't feel to read it now, but I was going on internet and I came across the I Am Confessions with Prophet Kerbis. And I tell you, it is so powerful. We need to wash ourselves with the I Am Confessions and know that we are conformed to the image of Christ. I know who I am, who God told me who I am. Okay? You know, in Natanya's school, the one, they had a drama lesson. So they meet together for drama, and he comes through, and then he says, Good afternoon, lady. Okay, I can't say that, can I? Afternoon teenagers and young people. How impersonal is that? You know, this world is just full of deception. There's so much racial tension that has risen up that was never there before, and all of a sudden there's all this stirring and carrying on. It's all political. It's, it's just crazy. Why? Because God is not in it. We need to call down heaven. We need to walk in what God has called us. We need to know who we are in Christ. I am loved. I'm highly favored. I'm deeply loved by Christ. He is my father, my Abba father. Did you know that there are 72 genders in this country, in this world, not this country? How do I know this? Because I Googled. And you know what? Google's like a woman, knows everything. So there we go. 72 different genders. This is what it says here. I just want to read this to you. A gender is different from sex, okay? So although genetic factors typically define a person's sex, so that's what you're born, male, female, gender refers how they identify on the inside. Only the person themselves can determine what their gender identity is. How sad. This shows me we have a broken, broken world, hurting people, because we don't know what we identify with. They need Christ. You know, it's a standing joke in my house when Josh and his friends come and visit. And they say, oh, hey, dude, I feel like being a seahorse today, so I'm a seahorse. No, I'm going to be a helicopter. You know, that's the joke they're even saying, you know, because they just can't identify. And I'm not knocking it. I'm really, oh, I don't want to get into trouble so, you know, from live stream. But anyway, God knows my heart. You know what? God still loves everyone. Let me tell you. The sin may be not, but it doesn't mean he casts you aside. If you're in this church and you're getting the word of God, you should be changing. Your heart should be changing to the word of God. You know, it's such a culture, such a society that's changing that it's okay for Christians to live together even though they're not married. Oh, boomer. No, I'm not a boomer. The word of God says that. Does it not? The word of God says it. And we've got to be an example to the generation out there. It's just like become so accepting. It's like, you know what it's like? This is what it's like. It's like Lord of the Rings trilogy. For those who have seen Lord of the Rings, there is just so much death. There's so much evil that's reigning. There's like hatred. All this is just running. There's orcs and there's trolls running and ruling the earth. There's good wizards converting to the dark side. And it's like, come on, where's Christ in all of this? But why? Because the church is fallen asleep. We have fallen asleep. We've become accepting of what they're putting. I mean, you look, even look at children's programs, even movies now, how they've all changed. You know, it's like, gosh, I mean, I remember good old days, Greece, and even then it was like, oh, skanda, you know, it's a bit of kissing. And now you look at it, it's like, okay. I mean, the kids can teach us a thing or two, I'm sure. 
You know, already in primary school, they're just opening up things and teaching them who they are and about their bodies, and, and I'm not against that. But for me, 12 years old is a bit too young, I'm sorry. And that's why I think that should be the job of the parents, not the school. But the schools had to do it because the parents aren't stepping up in the home. I don't know where this is coming from, but anyway, please don't be, be condemned. Be convicted, rather. Listen to what William Branham says. What the church needs is a revival to shake from all the worldliness and the things of the world and bring back purity and holiness of God in the hearts of its believers. Humility. I agree with that. And I mean, how long ago was William Branham? And it was happening then in those days. Why? Man, as soon as they don't get revival once in a while in their spirit, they become so carnal and so indifferent till they get self-styled, starchy, and self-righteous. Hey, that's powerful. I'm telling you, when I read that, I'm thinking, this is the condition the world is in today, unfortunately. But you know what? We don't need to worry because God has a greater plan. He's got a much bigger plan. He knows that we need a touch. He knows that we need to be revived. And we need to wake up. We really need to wake up. I'm just going to go to, this is, Kathy Walter says this. I thought this was very good as well. She says, a visitation is an experience that lifts us out of the realm of the natural into the very atmosphere of God, the realm of the spirit. It is a God touch, an encounter in which the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us in a supernatural way. Hey? I mean, that just, I don't need to add to that because that just says it all. It really does. It means that he breathes into the darkest corners of our souls and infuses us with hope, with peace, with love, with joy. When we let God do what he needs to do. Amen. So I say to you this morning, some good scriptures I want to get here to you as well. What brings revival? What brings a visitation of God? The very first and foremost thing is prayer. You know what? There's almost like there's a stirring and a, a desire for prayer in God's people. So those who didn't want to pray now want to pray. I mean, Pastor John has been feeling this for a long time. We've had prayer meetings, have we not? I'm not talking about the Saturday morning ones. It's every Saturday. But the Sunday evenings, he's been putting prayer meetings. He's getting the staff to pray every morning. Come and walk. We put soaking music on and we just pray, we pray, we pray. Before the service as well, last night I went to mom's house. I said, mom, can you pray? Can you pray with me? She's an intercessor, so she's got lots of words to say. I'll just say amen, amen, amen. But it's like there was just a stirring happening with prayer. And it's like it's a crying out to God. We're crying out, God, fall now. Now's the time. Now's the time. It's ready. It's ready. The world is ready to receive another move from you. But let it be lasting. Amen. You know, all the revivals, all the revivals started with prayer. I mean, I know the Welsh revival with Evan Roberts. He also, you know, he was in a meeting and um, the pastor that was preaching there saying, you don't want to miss out what the Spirit of God is doing. So what happens if you come to church one day and the Spirit of God moves and you're not here? That petrified him. He was at every meeting that he could possibly be at. Every meeting. It's like prayer, youth, children's church, whatever meeting, because he was so scared the Spirit of God was going to miss him. 
we know that's not true now. Wherever you are, the Spirit is, okay? But there is something about a, a corporate anointing. Definitely is. I mean, Pastor John, I know, shared many stories on this. Like, because the, they were coal miners in Wales, it's like the donkeys didn't even, when all this, the whole town got saved, you know, and it's like there were so many miracles, but it was a lot, of, lot to do with repentance in that revival. A lot of people were just repenting and coming to God, and that the donkeys didn't even understand when they were working, because, you know, the language is not so good when you're kicking a donkey, and now they're all Christians, so they can't swear. So they say, come on, old Bessie, move along. Come on, move along. You know, it's like, it's not like beep, 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 beep. So the donkeys were even confused. So it tells me it can be done. I think of the Toronto Blessing, uh, John and Carol on it. They also, they just had a desire to pray every morning for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Then Randy Clark, who was a catalyst, used uh, in the initial breakout of the Spirit, he went to every meeting he could possibly go to worldwide where the Spirit was falling and just soak in what the Spirit of God wanted. It was through prayer. We need to get back to prayer. And that's why the meetings that Pastor John's been preaching over the last couple of weeks, he calls you to the front to come and pray. You know, how serious are we? Last week, I'll be honest. This is my confession to you. It's Mother's Day. Now I must go forward and pray. I need to go. The family wants to meet because we've got an evening service. It's like, like, whoa, Shireen, works. Relax. How desperately do I want God to move? Am I going to give him my time? And there's a good scripture that you can read. I'm not going to read it out. The second one, hunger. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We need to be hungry for this. We need to want it. And you know, for me, when I look back on the world today, it breaks my heart, and I want it. I need it. This world needs it. You know, often I think, oh, Lord, if you look down on your, your creation right now, I know we don't believe in the rapture, but Lord, just take us. This <laughs> is like, I think it's just a whole lot easier sometimes. But you know, God still loves us, and he will never let us go. He will never let us see run off. He was always there for us, amen. Expectation is another one. How expectant are we? You know, expectation is not just sitting here in the church and having awesome worship and, whoa, there's a vibe this morning and we're jumping in the river and and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But what are you doing at home? Is your expectation going home with you? You know, somebody mentioned that um, when they go home, they go and put the praise and worship on, and they stand as if they're going to receive, and they go and give, or they go and take communion. It's like, God, we need you. God, we need you. So they don't stop. There's an expectation, God, like this morning. I know God's moving this morning. I know. I walk in here, and it's like, oh, geez, maybe not. Maybe I didn't hear from God. But no, sometimes we've just got to break through. Sometimes we've just got to just step over that boundary. Just be bold. And the Spirit of God will move. Amen. And then surrender. I surrender all. Except for when it's Mother's Day and there's lunch. Except when there's a birthday party and there's cake. (laughs) I like that. Whatever. We used to have this in the early days. Whatever major loser. So we need to surrender. There's like... Sometimes we want God to move the way we want him to move. Okay, God, I'm going forward this morning to receive, but I'm not laughing, or I'm not going to get drunk, or I'm not crying. Sorry for you. 
you're not in control. Sometimes you need to cry. Sometimes you need to travail. God knows what's best for you. And you have to leave it up to him. He doesn't take orders from us. He loves us so much that he gave us a free will. And he'll be kind enough to say, okay, well, that's your choice. He'll still be there for you. But he knows what you need and when you need it. So this gentleman, I actually lost his name, so I apologize. I did read about this. And he says, yeah, says, yeah someone prayed to God and asked for revival. Listen to this. You don't want revival. It will ruin your schedule, your dignity, your image, and your reputation. Men will weep. Women will travail. Young adults will cry like children. With the strength of my presence, the worship team will cease playing. Time will seem to stand still. You won't be able to preach from the emotions flooding from your own soul. You'll struggle to find words, but only find tears. Even the most dignified and reserved among you will be broken and humbled as little children. The proud and self-righteous will not be able to stand in my presence. The doubter and the unbeliever will either run for fear or fall on their knees and worship me. The church will never be the same again. We desperately need another move of God. We've got to surrender all. I really encourage you. I really, I just know there's something in the atmosphere that God is stirring. And I'm not just saying this morning, it has been over the last few weeks. But we've got to come to the realization if we really want it, that's what's got to happen in our hearts. We've got to mean it. We've got to want it. And then lastly, the father wants to have fun with his children. I've seen there's been many times in 1994. It was wild, let me tell you. You know, I was going to bring up, this is quite ironic actually, Joshua was telling me about this group in Poland, Warsaw, in the Warsaw city. They were protesting. It was a, a Catholic Christian group. And um, they were obviously protesting about the LGBT and all this kind of stuff. And, of course, you have the activists who are there as well fighting. And, and the activists were coming to them and shouting at them and obviously, you know, humiliating them. And, you know, and it's just like they had the peace of God in them, you know, and they didn't react, which I think a lot of times we do. Sometimes we just got to let God speak. So just, they just kept their peace. Next minute, this whole group of women started barking, barking at them. And it's like, okay, how do we respond to that? I mean, come on, you know, we're humans. So I was thinking, I'm going to share this story, which I have anyway. And then I went to go and uh, do some research on the Toronto blessing. And what happened there? People were barking. <laughs> they were roaring like lions. <laughs> so it's like, okay. But we know they weren't Christians. So if that's what it causes you to do, at one time in the move, there were people, very timid people, very shy people, very quiet, would come and they would get on their all fours and they would roar like a lion. And it's like, we're in the Kruger Park now, you know? It's just like, but you know what? It was almost like God was giving them such boldness. I tell you, when they came off that floor, you could see the change in their demeanor. When they stood up, you could see, physically see the boldness in them and how they spoke out and how they would preach and how they would testify. 
We can't mock what the Spirit of God wants to do. We cannot. You know, even for me in the early days, I was very hurt, you know, the usual parents get divorced, whatever, and I was very rejected and all this kind of stuff, not from my mommy, of course. But I remember standing there, and Pastor John just came back, him and a, a team went to Toronto, and um, he stood there, and he, he saw me, he said, Shireen, come, God wants to, now, I, was, I was genuinely very shy in those days. So I was told I was too, even too scared to say boot to a mouse, but um, so I came forward, and, and Pastor John prayed for me, and I fell down. And at that time, laughing wasn't a thing in the church, you know, and I just felt this thing to laugh. It was just like, I'm thinking, gosh, what's happening, you know? Everyone's going to see me. You know, you think everybody's eyes is on you, but it's actually not. But I eventually surrendered, and the hurt that God healed in me that night changed my life forever. I mean, like my mom said to me this morning, she said, I cannot believe it's the same person standing up here who's going to preach to that who was there 25 years ago. <laughs> You know, you know, just be obedient. Work with God. I've shared this story to you before, but I also want to tell you, when you're obedient to the Spirit of God, it'll set someone else free as well. I went with Pastor Helen to Armenia, and we, we ministered at a ladies' conference there. And um, in those days, we had a, a young group, young adults, that we used to dance, and we used to do dances. I was in it. Can you believe it? I have two left feet, but God knows. And we did drama and all sorts. And um, so Helen told me before we left that I must maybe just prepare a song, you know, dance or a play or whatever. And I'm going, oh, I don't think I want to go anymore. <laughs> it's like, this is too scary. I'm going to be on my own. I don't have my crutches with me. So I just said, okay, okay, okay. So in this ladies' meeting, nothing was happening. And, and Helen was also just pushing the spirit just pushing come on she knows God wants to do something but it's not happening next minute she turns to me and she says are you ready so like Tanya <laughs> ah! now I must get up on the stage and perform in front of all these ladies but praise God they didn't know me and they didn't see me again so it's probably not a bad thing you know, I always remember those who were Christmas carols? The hippo? That's how I felt that day. So I got up and I did this dance all on my own. And it was wild. I don't dance, okay? So I just, you know, I'm one of those when you do dance, it's one, two, three, four. You know, it's very like stiff kind of thing. But I did it. I did it. And everyone just stands, sits there where they are, and their eyes are big. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry I've messed it up. I'm sorry. So Helen says, okay, Shireen, I want you to do a play. I'm thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, now what? I've just embarrassed myself. Now I've got to do this again. And God laid on my heart. We've done it a couple of times here. It's the, the play called The Sculptor, where we kind of just revisit the cross and how a sculptor comes out and we call different people from the audience and say, okay, come, I need you to be Jesus. And I pull Uncle Marius up and I place him on the stage because I'm the sculptor and I make him Jesus. And then I'll get the um, people that shouted and scorned Jesus, the ones, the Marys and that, that loved Jesus. And I'd make a, create a whole scene up here. And the last one was, I think it was Mary, if I remember correctly, with just weeping. And I, I saw this, this young girl sitting there and I called her up and I placed her there, and I said, okay, now, when you hear the music, you must do this. The music comes. When you hear the music, you must drop this. So we carry on. The music stops. 
that's where the impact of the plague goes. It's like it's messed up. And I tell you, after the third time, I stopped. And I looked at this girl standing there. And I promise you, she was weeping from her toes. She was crying. She was so broken. And it's almost like you can drop a pin in the auditorium. It was so quiet. The atmosphere. So we just, Helen and I just prayed and all this kind of stuff. And thank goodness for Pastor Helen because I'm saying, now what? <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's like, just no, guys at work, just relax, just relax. I probably, I mean, I promise it was probably about 15 minutes. We just sat there in total, total silence. Next minute, she's finished. She turns around and she comes. She says, please, can I have the microphone? So we said, of course. She says, I just want to tell you what God's done with me today. She says, I am a ballerina. I am a dancer. That was my profession. She says, but the church had scorned me so much to say that it's not from God and I can't dance like that. She says, some of the moves that I was doing, me, I'm famous, guys. Some of the moves I was doing were exact moves that she had, that she was showing that she would do a ministry dance for the church and how they would mock her and tell her that it's from the devil. I promise you. So Helen says, she took the mic. She says, okay, now I want you to go back on stage. We're going to play this song and I want you to dance. So she grabs the microphone, we take the microphone, she stands on the stage, and also, she just cried, probably for about 15 minutes. I'm thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, I hope she's going to do this, I hope she's going to do this, you know, it's just like, you panic, I think, in the flesh, the flesh panics, <laughs> it's like, but we've got to let God be God. He knows what he's doing, and within 15 minutes, you should have seen how this girl danced. It broke everything in that auditorium. Women were crying, broken broken, repenting, the older woman repenting for telling her that she can't do this. Because I tell you, it was just so graceful and it was so anointed and so prophetic. It's like every move she would make, it was just like, you could just see a wave coming down on the, auditor on the auditorium. So I want to say to you this morning, don't be afraid. If it seems crazy and God tells you to jump in the river this morning, do it. You don't know what it's doing. It's like God knows you better than anybody else. He knows what you need. He knows that your heart is broken. He knows it needs restoration. He knows your mind is damaged. You need refreshing, healing. I really believe there is a healing anointing in this place. And, and J.D. just took it and he ran with it this morning. I want to play a couple of videos. They're not long. I just want to inspire you this morning. And just see that if you let God do what God does in your life, you too could be walking in what he has promised. You can be walking in the supernatural signs and wonders. You walk in, it'll be the order of the day. And I'm not even saying with gems falling from heaven, whatever. Those are just bonuses. I'm talking about people being restored. I watched this one. I'd not seen this one before. It was a while ago. And you will see what happens. And I mean, it was because of Prophet Kurpus's obedience to God. In the service, this man died. And it's like, you know, in the natural, we go, oh, what do we do? Call the ambulance, quick. But he just went up to this man and he just started speaking life to him because he wasn't supposed to die. It was not his time. Just draw from it this morning, okay? Just draw. Sir, sir, the Lord Jesus Christ is bringing you back your life. It's all right? It's fine. Sir, look at me. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Sir, 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 
Sir, we call you back in the name of the Lord yes. Jesus. Call you back in Jesus' name. I want to say with Paul, in the book of Acts, his soul is in him. So we call his spirit back in the name of the Lord Jesus. Live, live, live. Thank you, Father. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, my Father. Get the man's soul. This man has just died in the church. So uh, just thank God. Just give him some water there. Thank you, my Father. Give me some water. That's good enough. That's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah. We command the spirit of death to go and never come back again. We command the life that Jesus Christ paid the price for to enter right now. We say to the man, live. In the name of the Christ of God, I command life to be his portion. And death to go and never come back again. It's all right, sir. Yeah, just put some water on him, sir. Just put some water there on the man. That's good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Thank you. Thank you. What's he saying? Let him lie on the floor. Those watching by TV, this man has died a few minutes ago here in church. His loved ones was with him and he died. There was no heartbeat, there was no breath. God brought the man back to life. I want you to know God is an awesome God. This is no joke. The man just lie down, give him a pillow. Yeah, the man was dead. He already urinated just there where he's sitting. When I got there, he was dead. Thank you, Father. So I walk around this man. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this man today. Life to be his portion. The blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Seal him now with your Holy Spirit. Seal him with your Holy Spirit. Sir, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Are you happy? Are you happy? Eternal Father, we thank you for the great grace that we are experiencing right now in this house. Thank you, my Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, in Jesus' name. I think let's get him on a wheelchair and let, let him lie on a mattress there at the back. Why did you cry and fall on the floor? 
She saw him taking out his hide, so she was afraid. Yeah, she saw him just leaving his body. He was gone. There he's walking. Yes, you can feel the anointing of that, eh? You can feel the anointing. Yeah, I tell you, it just does something for your faith, you know. And you notice when he died, Quibbis didn't go up to the man and cast all demons out and all this kind of stuff. He just spoke life. I speak life in Jesus' name. That's all it takes. Can you please play, um, I've got two more I want to show you, for obvious reasons. The Oral Roberts one, you'll see, I think there's three ladies standing with him. It's like a black and white, so it's from the boomer days. <laughs> awesome. Amen. Be receiving, because I really believe God is just wanting to minister to you. I'm really expectant. I really am. Oh, come on over here, please. Ah, uh, are you the mother of well, these two children? Come over here, please. Ah, uh, uh, who are you? I'm Mrs. Sini. Mrs. Sini? Yes, sir. Mrs. Sini. This is Patty. Yes, sir. The card says she was in a car wreck eight weeks ago. She cannot remember the past. A deterioration of the jawbone that dislocates when the mouth opens. Is that correct? She has a drawing. Has a drawing. Continuously from that jaw through the neck. Well, Mrs. Sini, has nothing that you have done uh, restored her? Evidently not. Yes, sir. We've had her to psychiatrists, and uh, the last thing now is they're going to come to her for an institution unless... Unless God heals her. Now, people, if we've ever prayed for anyone who needs help, this is it. Now, let's pray and believe God, pastors. Brother Louise, touch me as a point of contact. Audience, touch the chair as a point of contact in front of you. Father, in the name of Christ, restore and heal Patty Sini. Heal! Restore! May it never return. May she be free forever in the name of Christ. Amen. Patty, something good happened to you then? Yes. Yes. How do you feel, Patty? I feel great. You feel great. Do you believe God? Yes. Do you think he has restored you? Yes. How old are you? Sixteen. What's your mother's name? Sini. Where were you born? Jackson, Mississippi. What's your father's name? Eugene Sini. What school are you going to? Pearl. Where? Pearl. 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 What grade are you in? I'll be a junior next year. Do you feel that God has restored you from this accident? Yes, sir. He will not worry you now and torment you? No, sir. How do you feel? I feel wonderful. Wonderful. Mrs. Sini, the tears are just beautiful streaming down your cheeks. You believed this, didn't you? Yes, sir. What gave you the faith to come here? Well, uh, my mother and father are so strong believers, and I brought my father, and Monday night, he was healed completely. Your father was healed here? Yes, sir. Patty? Ah, oh, that smile worth a million dollars. First time she smiled. First time she smiled. Well, she has a smile now, way, way, way down deep, right, Patty? You feel one now. Tell me how you feel, Patty. I feel like a better Christian than I've ever been. 
You're just on top of the world, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yes. Is this your other daughter? Let me see. I have her card here. Crossed eyes. I see that one. Take it. Please, if you will, please. Open them up. It's that one. There it is. Yeah. Both of them. All right. Father. Heal. Look at those preachers there. Look at your sister. Look at your mother. <laughs> Imagine Pastor John did that to us. <laughs> Sometimes it needs to, I mean, we know Smith Wigglesworth and all of them, and they used to pray, you know, punch in the stomachs. But only if you hear it from God, you hear the voice of God in that. <laughs> but we don't know what he's doing. There was another one, I, I'm, just if you can get the Arctic Fire one is the last one. Um, there was another one I had up, also a young boy going to the meeting, a teenager, and he stutters a lot. And um, Oral Roberts apparently also used to stutter, and God set him free from that. So when he came forward, he prayed for him, and he, it was a whole interview afterwards that this man is now a pastor with I don't know, a church of I don't know how many members, and how he speaks now as a pastor in, in his church because God delivered him from that, and he no longer stutters. So, I mean, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong if you trust God. You just cannot go wrong. I'm sorry. The evidence is you go onto the Internet. You will see it all. You'll see a lot of negative feedback as well. But you know, we know in our heart of hearts because the word tells me who Christ is. And this is what I believe. Amen. Now this next one I'm going to show you, Pastor John has shown it in the church before, but I felt it was such a powerful uh, tool. I didn't want to miss the opportunity. But just to give you a quick background, basically it's a place in, I think it's northern Canada. It's called Pond Inlet Baffin Island. And um, Basically, the Holy Spirit crashed in on the meeting, and you will hear now, you'll hear the interviews, it's only three minutes long, three minutes long, but the youth in that area, you can't get there unless you fly in, there's no means to get to that island, so you have to fly in if you're going to go there, but the youth were obviously, as always, as youth are very disruptive and dis, you know, unruly, and, and I'm joking, but there was a lot of drugs, pornography, all that bad stuff going on, and um, it was rife, it was rife in that little town. And the one morning, the minister got up to preach, and he didn't know what the Holy Spirit had in store for him. So let them play it, and then we'll talk about it some more when it's done. It happened in the middle of winter, February 28, 1999. Believers had gathered for a week of revival meetings at the Anglican Church. Hungry for God and troubled by new reports of community drug use, they decided to add a special Sunday afternoon youth service. Among those leading the meeting were Pastor Moses Kayak and his ministerial colleagues Joshua and James Ariak, all great-grandsons of the original lightkeeper, Angwatizawak. An invitation was offered for youth who felt they wanted to come closer to God. Worship leader Louis Ariak was praying over the youth that had gathered around the altar. I felt so close to God and he kept giving me this verse that says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Something started to happen that uh, was out of our control. This 
noise started coming. Yeah, it started softly, like you can barely hear it. A dual cassette deck used to record the service was still running off the soundboard. Right away, I wanted to stop, but it kept getting louder, and, and I started to notice that people were kind of getting a little nervous. It was so strong, so strong. It was so loud that everything started to shake. Fire went right through me. It sounded like a jet. Things start to shake. I started to shake. I told myself, there's no jets in Pond Inlet. After this extraordinary visitation, it was evident the moment still had power. Every time I thought about it, I, I was greatly humble. Uh, thinking, thinking that uh, the Almighty God can visit us. When Pastor Moses Kayak first heard the low-pitched rumbling, he walked over to the church soundboard to adjust the settings. I tried this, not stop, tried this, no stop. When these efforts failed to correct the situation, he quickly turned down the master control. When this too failed, he shut the system off completely. Still, the sound and the recording continued. It shouldn't have been recorded. It's only by the miracle of God. He was completely humble to the point where he wanted to continually come before God, kneel and ask for prayer and ask for the cleansing of the heart to become pure before him. Thank you, Jesus. If you listen in that tape, you can actually hear drums playing. And the drummer actually was on the floor. There was nobody sitting at the drum set. The Spirit of God just took over and just started playing those drums. I mean, that wind, you can just imagine that coming in. The sound was off. You ask Andrew, when the sound's off, it's off. But it was still recording, and you could hear the wind and the fire. And it changed that community. It was, if I remember correctly, it was an Anglican church. But it changed that community because the youngsters, apparently they had a big bonfire and they started burning their drugs and the alcohol and the pornography and all that. And that whole town changed. Why that town where there's no access by roads? God knows. We don't, but God knows. Why will God move in ACF? Who knows, but God wants to move. He wants to move. Amen. Let us be quiet before God. Let's hear what the Spirit of God has to say this morning. Is there anybody in this building, place, that really desires to walk into with the gift of healing, that really desires to pray for sick people and see them healed? 
It's a catch, this question, okay? So think very carefully. Come and stand here, please. Thank you, Father. Thank you for these women and men of God that have faith instilled in them, Father God, and that they have a yearning and a heart to see the sick healed, Father. Lord, I thank you that you just increase the gift in their life, Father. I thank you, Lord, that when they lay hands on people, they will see the supernatural healing there and then, Father, because it's not them that's doing it. It's you, God. And I thank you for that. Thank you for that. Just wait here. Just wait here. God is doing something. Some of you can feel your hands burning. I get a fire from my hands. Mouth. I see a mouth because it's like when you pray for the healing, it's almost like there's power that comes from your mouth. Your mouth is on fire. Your tongue is on fire. Jesus. And then I'm going to call up those who are not well, who need healing to come up. And these men and women of God are going to pray for you. Don't be scared. If you don't want to do it on your own, raise your hand. Someone will come and stand with you. If you... God, it's, it's God's job. It's not yours, okay? If that person doesn't get healed today, God knows. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not to say they're not going to get healed, amen? But I just want you to walk in boldness this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Just receive from God. This is the time. People need to be healed physically, emotionally, mentally. There are so many broken people out there. Their minds need to be renewed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. If you're thirsty, if you're hungry, if you're desperate, God will meet you. God will meet you. A heart of compassion. A heart of compassion for your people, God. Jesus, raise him up. Raise him up, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. God has great things in store for ACF and I'm so expectant and I'm hungry and I'm desperate for the move of God for a visitation this is a visitation and it's going to continue so I pray blessings over every single person here this morning I pray blessings over live stream may what you've seen this morning may you just receive and take upon yourself and be and just cooperate with the Holy Spirit let his fire consume you let his fire consume you. May you be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. God is really moving. Jesus, be blessed, everybody. Love you, guys. May the God of hope just love you, overwhelm you, saturate you. In Jesus' name.